Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. Well, good morning. Um, you may not know this, but I wasn't here last week. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that I filled in for preaching. I heard uh, Alan did a good job. Kind of. Woo, yes! Um, Today, you get a whole chapter today. We get a whole chapter, all of chapter 3 of James today. And I want to say this from the beginning, then I'm going to get into my intro. Um, The Word is given to us to change us. Not to spotlight things and bring attention to things that we do nothing about. The, The Word is for us to see. Just like we talked about uh, at the end of, I think, chapter 1, it was talking about like, when we look into the Word, the, the Word is like a mirror. And it allows us to see in us things that we need to deal with. And, and some of it may be overwhelming as you're like, man, there's a lot of stuff to deal with in here. Um, the beauty of it is, is God gives us a helper, a counselor, the Holy Spirit, which is, enables us to conquer the things one at a time that He calls us to. And so I don't think today, so if you feel like you've made it unscathed through James, which you, if you've been here and you're listening, you probably have not. But today, um, I think we'll get about 99% of the people in the room. Um, so let's jump, jump right in. So today, we're going to um, turn our attention to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 18, a passage that delves into the power of our words and the importance of controlling our speech. We all know the impact that words can have, the ability to build up and tear down, to encourage and discourage, to heal or to wound. Our words have the power to shape our relationships, influence our decisions, and leave a lasting impression. How many of us have lasting impressions based on words that someone spoke to us or about us at one time? I would say almost all of us, me included. James, in his very straightforward and practical manner, calls us to examine the way we use our tongue. James tells us that our tongue is small but a mighty member of our body, capable of blessing and cursing. In this passage, James challenges us to reflect on the words that we speak. So do our tongues bring forth words of grace and kindness, of encouragement, or do they give way to gossip, criticism, and anger? James reminds us that while taming the tongue may may seem impossible, with the help of God's Spirit, we can cultivate self-control and use our words to bring Life. So before we jump in to the 18 verses of James chapter 3, let's pray. Heavenly uh, Father, we just surrender to your word. Lord, I, I pray that your words would, would pierce through any hard-heartedness, any 
um, unwillingness to bend to your will and to your wisdom. And so, Lord, I pray that out of this, that you would begin to cultivate in us a people that speak life and not death. So, Lord, for that to happen, we need your Holy Spirit. We need the power that you give us to bring life to our own selves. And so, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is kind of a large section. I've got 18 verses, and I'm going to do my best um, to get through all 18 verses um, without you going, oh my gosh, like he gave me 18 verses. So the first 12 verses talk about this idea of taming the tongue. And the last um, eight verses or seven verses, that's why I get doing math on the fly, I should never do that, um, are going to talk about wisdom, which is tied to your mouth. If You've got to have wisdom to make sure that you're using the words correctly. So let me just give you a reminder. If you've missed it all, James was written by the half-brother of Jesus, and we talk about the miraculous that his brother, after seeing him resurrected from the dead, became a leader in the church. None of my brothers, and I say this every time, none of my brothers are looking at me going, hey, future Messiah. No, they're like, I've known this kid forever, and there is no way he is going to be the Messiah. We're not bowing down and worshiping him. But something changed when Jesus came out of the grave. And um, James became one of the main leaders of the church in Jerusalem, led them through lots of trials and tribulations, and died horribly for his beliefs. So let me give you a a run-through of what we've hit so far. We've talked about the reality, and some of us need to hit this over and over again, that we need to count it all joy when we face trials of many kind because the pressing through that, the steadfastness of us going through those things bring us to be whole and complete and lacking in nothing. Brothers and sisters, uh, if you are a child of God or future child of God, God's primary method for shaping and molding you is trials and tribulations. And if some church or some pastor or some well-meaning Christian has spoken to you that if you give your life to Jesus, it's going to be easy streak, they lied to you. Nothing that's easy is ultimately good for us. Nothing. And so we want to submit to that. And some of it should bring you joy just in the sense of you're no longer looking at God as this willful, vengeful person in heaven trying to destroy your life, but he's trying to build you. Uh, The next one, we talked about being doers of the word. We cannot just listen to these words just like we're going to listen to them today and not be doers. The doing of it is the declaration that we believe them. We only believe in the parts of the Bible that we actively do. Um, And then uh, Alan, Alan, (laughs) I did not schedule it this way, but Alan probably got the toughest passage here uh, last week talking about that we're going to show our faith with works. We're not saved by our works, but if we are saved, we should, people should see our salvation in our actions. Not all of them are going to be perfect. Not all of us are going to, like every action is going to declare the goodness of God. But as the majority, we should be presenting our life, showing that we have faith in him. Because if we have faith in God, we begin to do the hard things that he asks us to do. 
And I think today is leaping straight off of last week. So if you missed last week with this reality that we've got to show our faith by what we do, he takes it a step further to talking about our tongues. So we may do the right things, and I think sometimes the doing of the activities, maybe outreach or serving people or others, are easier than controlling this little thing that's in our mouth called our tongue. So we're going to jump right in. Um, Verse 1, it's going to be on the screen right here behind me. Um, And this is, I've read so many commentaries on this this one verse, and I'm going to try to give you a little bit. Because you may read this one verse and be like, well, I'm not a teacher. None of this matters to me. Um, If you're a believer of Jesus, he commissioned all of us to be teachers. He did. He gave us a great commission. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. How do you make a disciple without teaching? So our call, if you're a child of God, is to teach. So don't feel like with this first verse that you just got out of like, I don't have to listen. You do. Okay, so verse 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. My goodness, this I've been preaching um, and teaching for 21 years And it still stresses me out because of this reality. Because if I get something wrong, it's not me. It's not just me that's affected. If I get something wrong and then I bring it up here and I declare it to you and you own it and live it and it is the wrong thing, that judgment comes back on me. Um, So we hold tightly and, and we don't always get it right. Let me just declare, if you are hoping that you just entered into a church that's going to get everything right, you've you've missed the door. Um, It wasn't this one. Um, But there is not another church in our area that is going to say and do everything correctly. But we are going to do our best, including me and including our leaders here at this church, to do everything we can. And if we get it wrong and know we get it wrong, we will acknowledge it. Uh, I've done it. I've, I've acknowledged my own sin up here of like, yep, missed it. Um, did that, did this, uh, that's the church that you entered into. So verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Okay, so get this. No one is going to get this perfectly. If you're like, man, if my husband or wife would just listen to this message and then do it all, we would be all right because then they would be perfect. Well, no one, even the writer of this, even the one with the microphone, is going to get it right all the time. We all fall in many ways. And this is why it's so important for us to live out what we believe. Our words matter, for they have even more weight when it comes to teaching the Word of God. People that you, you know, you may not stand up here and teach, but if you ever have a God conversation with someone, they're listening to your words. But before they started listening to the words, especially if they know you, they were looking at your life. Because if your life doesn't declare the things that you're teaching, they don't want it. Our world, more than ever, does not want something that does not work. We're looking around, and this is why we follow all kinds of people. You get online, you're like, man, this guy is super fit, and he says to do this, and you do that thing, and it doesn't lead you to that fitness level, probably because he's doing lots of other things that you're also not doing. We can't just follow blindly a person. We have to look at someone and say, man, I want to be like 
them. We, we want to create. One of the things that we're trying to do here as a church is we're trying to create people, not that are perfect. We're trying to create people that are willing to get in the mess with their own life, allow God to work in them so that they can help other people. This messy thing that we've got called community groups that will be picking back up in the fall and you can jump into one of those and, um, and, and you can see how uh, much help it comes when we have other people around us. Um, Psalms 141.3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. There are so many verses that are hitting in the same area. So this isn't just a James thing. This is on and on. Verse 3, it says, If we put bits... Oh, I got it again. Um, this is not handcuffs. <laughs> if you're like, oh, what's he doing? This is a bit. I'll explain it. Say, if we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. And we talked about this two weeks ago. Uh, Maud, thankfully, let me borrow one of hers, and she brought all these in. There was multiples. I did not understand that there were so many different bits that were available because some of us need a very strong bit, and some of us have learned, and we don't need such a strong bit. But the thing that you have this horse that has a will of its own and a desire to do things that it doesn't, you want it to, a desire to do things that you don't want it to do, which is run and frolic and do all these other things instead of going in the line or pulling the cart or carrying you on its back. I don't know about you, but as a parent, um, like kids love to play horse. Um, dad's in the room. Like it's... It's a great, I mean, like, it's work. And, like, they roll, you know, get us around. And could you imagine a horse carrying you around for long miles? And this is one of the tools that we get to tell it to do what we want it to do. And what it's talking about here, and he's going to give two other examples, is what we, this part of us, if we don't get something in there like this bit, and we don't have a purpose in what's going to lead it, it will lead us. Many of us have entered into a lot of trouble in your life because you allowed your mouth to write checks that your character and your, your, your butt couldn't cash. Because we're not thinking with the wisdom. Um, here's the other example. It says, look at the ships also. Though they are large, they are driven by strong wind and driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pi- pilot detects. Or pirate. You know, it, it's a pirate boat. <laughs> Note that not the strong winds, but the pilot determines the direction of the ship. What is driving your tongue. You may think, you may think naively that it is you. <laughs> if it was you, there would be lots of times that you'd be like, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> um, I think if we're one, one world is controlling our tongue, the, the, the world we live in and the things around us and the circumstances and life or the Holy Spirit. But we have to willingly su- submit to one of those. And one of them we blindly do a lot of times without even thinking about it. This one, because we've been in this world so long, this one we have to learn to submit and surrender over and over again. We have to learn to say, I'm sorry. And not just I'm sorry because I got in trouble. We have to learn to say, these, are the wor- these words I did not intend to speak. 
verse 5, it says, And also the tongue is a small member, yet boast of great things. Uh, I'm sure, like most people, we've seen lots of videos of people that boast lots of things with their mouth, and then uh, it doesn't come to be, whatever that may be. Uh, how great a forest, and we, we know all about this in Brunswick County, right? <laughs> how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the whole course of life. Some of us are in positions right now because of words that we spoke. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? Why am, why am I in this place? You're there because you allow this little piece of you to control you. And you, which we're going to read in just a few verses, you do not have the capacity to control it. You aren't strong enough. For those that are like, I will. All, all you got to do, the devil, your wife, whoever, just say, and you're like, blah. You cannot, you cannot, you do not have the capacity to it. Listen, it's staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Yeah, do you think heaven is wanting your words to destroy and um, tear down people? You think the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy would love to have access to your brain and your heart so that your mouth follows suit? Absolutely. Verse 7, it says, For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8, But no human being can tame the tongue. Let's just say amen together. Amen. It is a relentless evil. Some of you are thinking, what? Can, you, can we cut this out? Can we just get rid of it? You know, there, there are parts of us that we're like, if we could just get rid of that part of us, we'd be better, like tongues being one of those. Full of deadly poison. See, when man fell into sin, he lost his ability to govern himself. It is why we need salvation and heart transplantation. It is not something that we can, if you're here and you're like, without Jesus, I'm going to control this because it is true. Outside of Jesus and the Bible, our tongue is a relentless fire and we see it. Can I say this? I don't know why I say it over and over again. I don't look forward to 2024. I don't look forward to the, the blaze that will be started on both sides declaring and promising things that they'll never deliver. I'm talking about the election, if you're, not, if you're unaware. Okay. <clears throat> See, how many fires have you started? See, Matthew 19, um, this is talking, I, I believe, about the rich man, entering, rich man entering into heaven. You know, the, the camel through the eye of the needle. It says that it's impossible with man, but with God all things are possible. You're unable to, like at the end of this, you're just like, okay, yep, I'm going to do my best. Your best is going to be less than it would be or could be, and it'll never get to where it needs to be without the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, 
with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And so all of you guys, if you uttered words that we sang minutes ago, whether you meant them or not, you are blessing with your tongue, declaring the goodness and greatness of God. And we'll do that at church. And then we'll leave here and speak vile things out of our mouth. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Brothers, these things ought not be. See, when we curse people, we indirectly curse God. And I, I want to just I want to say this. This isn't talking about just Christians. This isn't be like, oh, we've got to be nice to Christians. We've got to be nice to people who associate to Jesus. Every single person that you interact, no matter how confused about their life, their identity, their sexuality, their, their whatever, fill in the blank, every one of those people were created in the image of God. And this doesn't mean that we just allow and, and, and say, yes, great, pursue. The wisdom that we see from the Bible is declaring that we need to follow things that God sends us to, the wisdom that he puts on us so that we can receive what God has for us. But every single person, and, and this, is, this is difficult because you're going to run into people. I got told I was number one the other day. Um, it was early in the morning, 4.15, I was going to a workout, and someone pulled in front of me, like I was in my lane. I was in my lane. I didn't even do anything wrong. I was exiting, I was coming on, I was going into Wilmington, and someone, if you're here, I'm sorry. Like, maybe you're here. I'm not going to give too many details. And so they got in front of me, but they were going slower than me, so I went around. I didn't, like, honk. I didn't put my bright, I didn't do anything. And as I went, I feel bad. I mean, the Lord convict me. But as I went by, you're number one, buddy. And I'm just like, then I thought, oh, man, what side is the sticker that says reach on? Can they see it? And again, again, aggressive. I didn't, nothing. I was in my lane. And I just went around him and got back in the lane that I wanted to be in because that was the lane I was supposed to be in. But, but it, it can so easily just consume us and be like, oh, that person, bruh, and we can speak those things. We can, we can read things that people post. We can read comments about people, and we can curse them. It's one thing to say that idea, that ideology, or this thing isn't good. It's another thing to speak and curse God's creation that we're born. We were, they are born in his likeness. Verse 11, it says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And we've talked about this. We cannot produce what you are, what you're not. Like if you say I'm an apple tree, but you keep not producing apples, you're probably not an apple tree. And what it's saying here, because this is written to the church, it's written to people saying, hey, if you keep producing the things that you don't want to produce, you better check what kind of tree you are. You better check that you are what you declare. Because stapling apples on your limbs isn't going to make you an apple tree. Because he's saying, hey, if you... Now, a couple of times, um, specifically one time in the Old Testament, he changed 
um, water that was poison into fresh water. So he has the capacity to change it, but we don't. We can go to the ocean over and over again, and you can keep getting that bucket for your kid and taste it every time, but it's going to be salt every time. It's the same thing with us. If we keep producing something that isn't what we want, we better check what we are. Because if we keep telling people, hey, I'm a child of God, but nothing about your life reflects that. And that is the beauty of James. Because he's going to hit every single per everything that you think you've accomplished and you're over. He's got another thing going, oh, what about this? What about this? Because he just said no one has perfectly guarded their tongue. No one in this room, even this week, probably even today, unless you've not spoken to anyone, has controlled it perfectly. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty three. it says, Either make a tree good or its fruit good, or make a tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit, plain and simple. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? He's gonna, we're, we're jumping out of the tongue and going into wisdom, which I think are related because you can't have a wise, tame tongue without wisdom. So who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. See, James encourages the wise man to show by his conduct that he has received the gift of wisdom. To say you're a wise, but to continue to make bad decisions, because wisdom here isn't just like knowledge. Some people think, well, wisdom is the person who got into Harvard. Wisdom is the person who has a truth and lives that truth. That's what wisdom is, as biblically related. You have a wisdom, you have a truth, and you live that truth out, which is what James is telling or trying to get us to understand through this. See, wisdom is treasured by those who have it and sought after by those who lack it. I mean, this is, this is why in our culture right now, uh, if you go to the bookstore, which I know is a, kind of a, a declining thing, or if you go on Amazon, you search. Like, I want to be a better person, self-help books, which people are making Billions, it is a billion-a-dollar industry convincing you, hey, if you do these habits right, if you do this, if you negotiate this well, if you do this thing, you'll be wise. Everybody and their brother is, is, is selling wisdom so that you could walk in it. But there's one place that wisdom comes from. And I want to reiterate this meekness because I think sometimes we hear meekness and we're like, we, we, we hear meekness. But we think weakness. Meekness is humility towards God and towards others. It is having the right and the power to do something, but refraining for the benefit of someone else. That's what meekness is. It is understanding that it may be my right. There will be people that wrong you. That that the Holy Spirit is going to be like, relinquish your right. To retribution, relinquish your right to vengeance. Because the you know, Lord literally says, vengeance is mine. There'll be things that we have the power to do, and we sh- it should be our right to do that God's going to say no. They may need to see mercy. And, and if you think, oh, this is I just can't do that. Well, that's what Jesus did to you. 
you didn't deserve it. There, there's no part of you that when he was dying on the cross, he was like, he earned this. I'm going to save this little piece for Heath because one day when he's born, thousands of years from now, he, he, he didn't even have to do anything because he's earned it. None of us. For those reading the one your Bible, you just got, I think this morning or yesterday, um, there, there's, no, there's no, none are unscathed. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God at all. No one in this room, if you are a child of God, entered into that relationship because of your doing. Or by your works or by your goodness. You entered in by the grace of God. Verse 14 says, but if you have... (laughs) This is going to get... Interesting. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, which is talking about from God, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. A heart that nurtures bitter envy and selfish ambition Ambition is devoid of heavenly wisdom. Bitterness could be the thing that's ruining your life right now. From bitterness towards someone that may not even remember what you're bitter about or why you're bitter about. If, if we're cultivating that jealousy, and it's hard because like we're in a world that we want things, and next week we're going to talk about conflict. If... if I'm not even going to give you too much because you're like, I'm definitely not coming to that one. Okay, so we're going to talk about conflict next week and while there is conflict going on. But here we need to make sure that our wisdom is coming from the right place. And we can't cultivate that like I want what they have. And there, there's, there's neighborhoods and there's cars. I, I, there's no one. And maybe there's a few of you that like have passed that point of like, I don't care. My car, the paint on the, my roof of my car is like peeling and it's, it's eating at me. Like I feel like it's a reflection of me. And it's not a reflection of me, it's a reflection of Toyota because they had a poor <laughs> top coat. It is, maybe I should, okay, maybe I should have uh, waxed it and it may have lasted a little bit longer. But it's easy to be like, I want what they have. And so if we cultivate that, if we allow that jealousy and that selfish ambition, if that is what's ruling our heart, wisdom isn't going to be coming out of that. It literally says it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Do not be deceived. Verse 16, it says, For there where where there's jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere what does your wisdom look like don't look at the person beside you because they probably won't give you the answer that you want see the person filled with heavenly wisdom, puts the words of Jesus into practice. Because we understand that those things will lead us to this place. Peaceable, gentle, open 
to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Look, look, everybody that's married in this room, if that was a, a mirror of your relationship, how would it be going right now? Great. You would be wanting to hold their hand right now. You'd be wanting to be like, when we get home, I'm going to rub your feet. And like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the dishes, babe. Or, you know, vice versa. I'm going to mow the grass for you. I love you so much. That's where it's at. If, if we're leaning into that wisdom, that's what it looks like. It's hard to argue with someone who's peaceable. It's hard to argue with someone that's gentle. It's hard to be, uh, argue with someone that's open to reason. No, that's wrong. I'm right. It's hard to argue with someone who's full of mercy, of good fruit, impartial, and sincere. But those things don't come naturally. They're a byproduct of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is when wisdom is put into practice. Verse 18. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You want a harvest of righteousness? Learn to be a peacemaker. And hear me, a peacemaker isn't someone that allows peace at all costs, even if it means entering into sin. A peacemaker is one who brings wisdom and does these things. Listen to this in Romans twelve eighteen. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You cannot sow in peace with a tongue that has not been tamed. It won't happen. So I've got a few things that I'm going I'm to drill down for you. Is your tongue being tamed? Don't 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 look at anybody. Don't tap anybody. And be like, <laughs> yours isn't. Are you interested in the wisdom that God produces in us? Because if you want to live a life that reflects Jesus, it will only come at the expense of you taming your tongue. Because your your tongue will get ahead of you, and your tongue will ruin all the things that you want to do. And again, I said this two weeks ago when we talked about. Um, the idea of bright, well, some husbands are like, I'm just not going to talk. That doesn't work either. It's using wisdom to tame the words that are coming out of your mouth. So here's a question for you. What needs to change to begin the taming? And at the top of the list, hopefully you've heard this through the text, at the top of the list is submitting and surrendering to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and allowing the power of His Spirit to change you. He prophesied it in Ezekiel. He says that I will remove your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh so that you can. There is no capacity to you to just muscle through it and do the work. If you're not surrendered, your ability is going to be hindered. Now, you might be better if you just decide today, I'm going to guard every one of my words. But we're not after better. We're after surrender. Because we, if we get better because of our effort, what does that do to us? We get prideful and arrogant. And then we looked at everybody else. Why can't you control your tongue? I did. But when we understand, like Paul, when he asked for that thorn to be removed from his side, and God says, 
my grace is sufficient. If we don't understand that it is not our effort, it's his grace. At the end of the grace, we'll go, God did this. When you have a conversation with someone that you're like, man, God needs to get a hold of your tongue, you won't go, just be like me. You'll be like, hey, be like Jesus. And submit here. Because you're, you're, you're around people that are destroying their relationships right now. Start with prayer for you, for them. Here's a fun one. Might be interesting. What fires do you need to put out? That you started. Some little sparks turn into blazes. And for all of those in Canada and all these other places. And I don't know about all the conspiracies about where the fire starts or whatever. Whatever started it. It's a whole lot better to work at putting it out than ignoring it. And hoping it never gets to my house and burns it down. Because that fire is all consuming. So what fires do you need to put out take responsibility for it even if you were just the spark and the other person the other group the other whatever was the wildfire if you were the spark take responsibility for the spark and do your work and effort to live peaceably to control that i'm gonna invite our worship team back up I just want to um, give props to Megan. Um, I don't know if she told y'all last week, but <laughs> she really damaged her knee. <laughs> I mean, like bad. Um, so, and like right here. I'm sorry, I'm talking about you, Megan. <laughs> uh, even in a chair. Nothing stops Megan from worshiping. I'm grateful for you. Um, but a will disclaimer, like soccer isn't for everybody, okay? Um, I, I, t- I, told, I told Megan, this is, this is not a knock on Megan. I have a list that started about age 40 of things that I don't do anymore. Trampolines, one of those. If you invite me to a birthday party at a trampoline park, I will go. I will. I won't probably eat the cake, but I will go. I will, you know, sing happy birthday. But I will not get on a trampoline. Um, for those who love cartwheels, about 41, I decide to show some of my skills. I used to be like a great cartwheel handstand person. One cartwheel did me in for like a year and a half. So <laughs> it added to my list of things. So I just I want to I want to end with this, and then I'm going to pray for us. There's no taming the tongue without a humble surrender of the heart. And so one of the best things that you may do for yourself today is just to say, God, I'm going to get out of the way. And I've been messing this up over and over again. And I need you. See, the beauty of the gospel that if it's if, if that's your declaration because you've never surrendered to Jesus, you can do that today. You can start that journey of surrendering to Jesus. And if you've been in this game for 30 or 40 years and you're still like, Lord, here, here it is again. Like The beauty that you'll see all throughout the Bible, the moment God's people say, I cannot, I can't win this battle, 
I can't be, defeat this enemy. I can't overcome this thing. And they cry out to a father who loves them. And he responds. And if, you, if that's you this morning, if you're like, you've set so many things on blaze that you're like, God doesn't even want to hear from me. He does. Because guess what happens, regardless of how much land you've already burnt? Guess what happens about the future? It changes what you will burn in the future. And if you today, look, I'm telling you, if, if our church just got a hold of this, just got a hold of, hey, God, I'm gonna, every word that comes out of my mouth, um, I want to submit to you. I want to surrender to you. I want to, I want to love people. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 one of my favorite verses. Right when I say that, I'm going to try to say it without words. Uh, let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but it's only what is useful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. Like our words, believers, are the most powerful things that we have. Let us not... Praise God with some of them and curse man with others. Others, Let us praise God with all of our words. How we interact with people. And that starts in this one place of just saying, God, here's my mess. So invite God into your mess today. If that's, if that's you and you're just like, God, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to start. Just have a, have a conversation. We, we have this song at the end so that you can have some moments and maybe you're like, I just need somebody to agree with me in prayer. And guess what? There's a blue banner in the back that says prayer. And you at the end of service today can be like, there's a power which we're going to hear. There's power when we confess our sins one to another. There's power when we say, this is what was going on and I want Jesus in it. Let's pray. Father, you're so good to us so merciful to us. You're not yelling and screaming and throwing things and and wondering why your children aren't behaving. You're just saying, hey kids, listen. Learn to obey because what I speak and what I say is the best thing for you. And so Lord, I just pray over all of those in the room whose words have gotten out of control and they've wounded and they've set ablaze. Lord, I pray, Lord, in the Spirit, begin to heal. You begin to kill that fire, that blaze that's going. Lord, as as we surrender, Lord, would you begin to recover things that we ruined? Would you begin to bring restoration to places that we thought were unable to be restored? And Lord, that starts with us surrendering over and over again our messy, broken God, we need your Holy Spirit. Whether it is the first time we say we need you and we're becoming your child, or if it's the 400,000th time, thank you for being great. Lord, would you change us so that you could change our families, so that you could change our communities, so that you could change our city? Would you start with us? We cannot tame our tongues, but you can. So, Lord, we invite you. We invite you to be our pilot that controls the rudder. We invite you to be 
the rider who controls the reins. Would you allow us to operate in your grace as we slowly, and maybe with stumbling effort, walk out this truth in our life? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.